Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 48 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and today I'm chatting with Elle. Elle has a brand called Elle Raleigh, and she is a marine biologist turned designer. I love her story. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is probably one of my favorite episodes so far. I think I say that for a lot of episodes, but when I re-listened to this to do the editing, I just got the chills again hearing Elle talk about her story, her journey, and hearing the passion and drive in her voice. She lives in LA, and she designs her brand, Elle Raleigh of multifunctional clothing and accessories for women made from salvaged fabrics and zero waste. I was so lucky to cross paths with Elle again for the second time in LA when I was out there for my SFD party. About two years ago, she and I met up when I threw a party in New York, and that was the first time I'd met her. She happened to be in New York. She came to my party then, and then we crossed paths again two years later, and she has made so much progress in her journey as a designer in building her brand. It was so amazing to get to not only see her at the party, but then get to invite her on the podcast. And so we chatted about that a little bit in the interview, so we'll hear about that. Um, but we did meet up in person at Hello World Fashion, which is a design and production studio in LA. So if you hear some background noise, that's because we're doing this on location at a production studio in Los Angeles. So there's people in the background sewing and and doing work. Um, so it adds a little ambiance, but just heads up, that's what that background noise is. I'm not in my in my podcast studio for this episode. Elle's story is so inspiring. Again, as I mentioned, you can hear the drive and the passion and the ambition in her voice. She really has so much energy and passion for what she's doing. I admire her on so many levels. One is she's taken her journey one step at a time. She's been very deliberate and gone very slow um, in making sure she is creating a product that she really loves and that she's in line with her goals and her visions and making sure to stay true to what she really believes in. She's putting herself out there and doing all that scary stuff like setting up booths at markets to sell and getting out there to talk with, engage, and know her customer. And she's built so much in the last two years, really gotten to understand you know, who she's making product for, why they care about her product, why she cares about her product, and has gone so slowly and deliberately in her journey. And I love the patience that she has with that. Now, if you happen to be in the Los Angeles area in the end of April, specifically April 28th and April 29th, L is going to be having a booth at the Jackalope show in Pasadena, which is right near LA. So definitely go check her out, meet her in person, say hello to her. She is a phenomenal human being and a wonderful woman. And she's she's just great to chat with. She loves having conversations and talking shop and talking about, you know, what inspires her. So definitely check her out at Jackalope if you're near LA in the end of April. 
And I also want to give one little extra plug out for her product. Um, I own a couple of her pieces and they're fantastic. Uh, we put a video and some pictures in the show notes of one of her designs, her MFS. Uh, she talks about it in the show, so I'll let you guys hear about it then. But we put a little video in the show notes to show you exactly how this works. Um, I own two of these, these shawl scarf combos and they're phenomenal. I absolutely love the product. So definitely check that out. Um, thank you guys so much as always for listening. If you like this podcast and if you want to get more people listening to it, everybody always tells me how great it is. So let's all rally and get more people listening. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. Hit pause in this episode really quick and take 30 seconds to share the podcast, this specific episode or another episode that you love or the podcast in general in a Facebook group that you're part of. So maybe it's a fashion group, maybe it's a business female women entrepreneur group or whatever it is, a group that you're part of in Facebook that you think they would enjoy this show. Take 30 seconds and share it. I'm sure everybody in there would be really grateful um, and I am always grateful when you guys help spread the word. Now, let's jump into the interview with Elle. As always, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit sfdnetwork.com slash 48. Cool. End of podcast? Good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we done? Are we, is that it? That yeah, was great. That was easy. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So we are here in this awesome design and small production studio in downtown LA and we got to hang out last night for the second time and now for the third time sitting here um, we met like two and a half years ago in New York at a party and here we are again at the second successful fashion designer party and that turned into you coming to be on the show which I am so excited to chat with you and hear about your whole journey because I know parts of it um, so do you want to give a quick introduction of like who you are and like what you're doing? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you, Heidi. I'm so honored to be here and see you again. I can't believe it's been two years. Yeah. And we saw each other in New York and I wasn't even, I was just visiting. And prior to that, I was in Hawaii and then now I'm in LA. So it's kind of crazy how we've reconnected and to be able to talk like this, I think is so great. So thank you for having yeah, me on the podcast. Um, well, my name is Elle and I'm an eco-fashion designer. I have a company called El Raleigh that has a vision to recreate the created by upcycling fabrics and recreating style that's functional, comfortable, and environmentally responsible. And so I've been doing it for about two years now and um, it's been an amazing, exciting journey with of course bumps along the, <laughs> the road, but um, it's definitely something that I really believe in and I'm excited to share with the world. Yeah. So. So thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm really excited to chat because, like I said, I know bits of your story, uh, and I own a couple of your pieces, which I absolutely love. Um, but I remember when we first met in New York, you were wearing this amazing dress, and I was like, this is so cute. I love this. And I'm like, where can I buy one? And you're like, they're not available yet. But um, then yeah. I, I, a little while later, you started posting some stuff, and I, I got a, one of your multifunctional scarves, which I want to talk about that. Um, but like, give us a little backstory. Like, did you go to school for fashion or how'd you really get all this started? Okay, great story. This is going to be kind of crazy, but I'm actually marine biology. What? I know, right? <laughs> so I graduated um, from UC Santa Cruz with a degree in marine bio and I was working with um, cetaceans, dolphins, and um, <coughs> you know, I was working with, uh, wal uh, not walruses, I wish I was working with walruses, they're amazing animals, but otters and sea lions and you know, I went to Hawaii for marine, uh, for marine bio and um, was working in rehabilitation and I mean, you know, education and research. And um, 
it's this all it all happened where I was doing you know beach cleanups and I was doing wall strandings and I was realizing oh my gosh there's so much pollution in our environment that mm. we're so unaware of and our environment is definitely at risk from what we're doing unconsciously I feel um, to the oceans and so um, I have no degree in fashion at all but my mom growing up used to sew a lot and so I would watch her and um, and she bought me a sewing machine when I was in Hawaii and I started sewing and I kind of I fell in love with it and I was like wow I'm actually kind of good at this and I started taking material that I found around the house and just repurposing it and coming up with all these ideas and for the first time you know I was like wow I can actually create stuff that I really want and so um, that's how kind of sewing came in. Um, but kind of going on further into how this all happened was, you know, my mom got really sick. And there was a moment in my life where I was like, you know, I have to go home. Like, I, I have to go home. Where's home? Here. LA? In LA. Okay. Yeah. And so I was in Hawaii for five years at the okay. moment. And um, I was like, you know, this would be a great time to, you know, rebuild my relationship with my mother and, you know, start sewing together and, and hopefully build this clothing brand and so I thought like okay this would be a great way to reconnect with her um, I'm a, in a family of four there's four girls and I'm the youngest one and I was such a brat growing up I don't like to say <laughs> it but honestly like I was a brat so I was like okay I need to make this up to her and you know take care of her and be there for her and and so I moved back home and I helped care for the family um, my parents were also moving um, to a new house and so I kind of redesigned the whole thing and I learned how to like do flooring. I'm just like a handy person. I love learning and I love building and I love creating. Um, and so, yeah, so I moved back home to LA and then, you know, my mom passed away and I continued on with El Raleigh. And it became something where it was a whole other lifestyle for me now. It's now that I was home, I was help, helping take care of my family. I couldn't really go back into marine bio, even though that was my huge passion at that moment and, and, and had a huge part of my life. Um, it would take me away from my responsibilities of being home. And so, you know, being able to sew and create and be flexible with my time and also, you know, use upcycled product and make a difference in the world even though it was a small one it was still something that I really believed in really inspired me to continue on and so that's kind of where I'm at right now in regards to you know being in charge of my own journey and I you know sometimes you know through this journey I think or any journey that we go through we always doubt is this the right thing am, is this the right thing am I doing should I just drop this journey and be a doctor like everyone wants me to be you know but I'm like no like this is me, this is my passion, and I believe in it, so continue on. And I can always just get a nine to five if I really wanted to, but that's not me. And so, so yeah, so this is kind of how I started. I started off, you know, just sewing at, in Hawaii, came back to, came to California, my life changed completely, and now I'm looking forward to creating this journey in sustainable fashion, not only for me, but for the industry, for the environment, and for my family. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I mean, talk us through a little bit, like, you, I mean, you, you have product, you make product, you're selling products, yeah. like, talk us through that whole thing, like, and if I'm not mistaken, you make it all yourself, currently, yes. and you're on this teetering edge of, like, am I going into, like, manufacturing and production, but before we even get to that, I want to hear about, like, you know, you really started this grassroots DIY, like doing yes. it all yourself style. Mm -hmm. Like, talk us through that journey. What did that look like? How did you actually start getting product out there and selling it and like creating some revenue to keep everything moving? 
Okay, well, let's talk my MFS, which is a multifunctional shawl that you have. It yes, was actually, two of now. Yes. I have two. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> which is one of the first things that I created. And the vision that came from it was I found this fabric that I had around the house, and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And I was like, I don't want to cut it. Like, what can I do that where I don't have to cut this because I didn't want to waste it. It was just so gorgeous. So what can I do? So I would just drape it around my body and be like, okay, what if I do it this way? Or what if I added this button? Or what if I did this? Then I wouldn't really have to cut it at all or change the form at all. I just, it would be it. And I could use it in this, 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 and this. Like, boom, this is it. So it literally came from the choice of not wanting to waste any fabric and how can I think outside the box to make this work and be functional so that I want to use it over and over again. So sustainability is about what, like not being wasteful and, and finding something that you can use over and over again. Not only that, it's a savage material, it's repurposed. Um, so that vision came about with the MFS and I, I, I was taking a small business class at the time and I brought it and I was like, oh guys, I made something yesterday. And they're like, oh really, let's check it out. And then I, sh checked, I showed it to them and they're like, I got like 10 orders that day. Wait, and like, because this is audio, so nobody can see, but like, give us a quick, like, it can be used as a scarf, a nursing blanket, a, yeah, tell us all the stuff. So it's the, super convertible. Yeah, so it's a multifunctional shawl. Um, it gets packaged in this cute, like, roll, and then you undo it, and it can be like, yeah, a shawl, a scarf, a blanket, a nursing cover. People use it to cover their strollers. I use it as a throw blanket on, on the couch at home, and then I take it out, and then I go walk around. I keep it in the car. It's super lightweight, super. It's so travel friendly and that's a big thing for me too is I like love to travel and it's something that I can just stick in my bag and then go on the airplane and then take it out and then I have this huge blanket and everyone's like, whoa, where did that come from? And yes. then I walk out of the airplane and then I have it as a scarf and then I'm walking out and then I go to the movies and then it's this other thing. And so I think it's just, you know, I feel like we all have that potential to just think outside the box and just create things like this, but I just... I don't know, I just wanted it to be functional in so many ways. Yeah. I don't like carrying a lot of things. And so when I think about minimalism and what's necessary, that's what goes in to my creations. It's like, how can I make this more than just being one thing so that yeah. I can use it over and over again? Yeah. So that's how the multifunctional shawl came about. Okay, so I'm gonna put, I, I know you have some little videos to show how it works, so I'll put all that in the show notes so everybody listening, you definitely check that out to see pictures and videos of this amazing item. Um, but okay, so you showed it to your business class and you're like, I just got 10 orders. What? Yeah, and I was like, well, like, how much do you want for it? And I'm like, ah, I don't know, oh. you know, like, you know, so then I got these orders and then, you know, I was making them and they went really well. And then I went to San Francisco the next, like that weekend. And I was just talking to it, to like my friend's cousin. And then all of a sudden she was like, show everyone how this works. And being Filipino, like families are huge. It's ridiculous. Like you really don't need any friends. Like <laughs> you, your whole family is gigantic. So I show it to them and I got 25 orders. What? And I was like, what? And then, yeah, exactly. I was like, what? I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And then of course, you know, then, I, then this is where craziness comes in where everyone's like making like um, their own orders of like, you know, like I want this color and I want this color and do you want this color and do you want this color? And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. And then when I finally did, I was like, I would never do this ever again. I was like, everybody Custom wanted to customize it. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, sure, yes. Like, Cause you know, when you get your first order, you get so excited and you're like, yes, I'm going to do it for you. Yes. I'm going to do it this way. Yes. And, um, and then I realized like, oh my God, that was not a smart <laughs> idea. Like it was like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's how it started. And then, so that's how the multifunctional shawl came about. And then um, even continuing on to like more of El Raleigh products, like people were just like, they knew what I was doing and they knew that I was upcycling. And so it's just amazing that once you talk to people about what you're doing, it's like people are more than willing to help, especially if you know you have this, this thing to want to help other situations yeah. and so people were just giving me clothes like and I was like then I became a hoarder of other people's clothes oh and I was like oh my gosh like, I am this is not this is not the jam like I'm starting to hoard other people's things that they don't want and so literally I like opened up this gigantic trash bag and my cousin like gave me a bunch of his shirts and they were the cool I love men's clothes like I think they're the coolest thing. I get so jealous like I always go and I go to stores which I don't anymore, but when I used to, I'd always end up somehow in the men's section. And I would get so pissed off and be like, how come the girls don't get this cool stuff? We have to get pink and glitter and like, <laughs> like I'm a pretty unicorn. Like I'm just not that person. And so I love the graphics that these guys would get. And, I, and so when I got all these shirts, I was like, oh my God, these are awesome. And it's so sad that these graphics are never gonna show light ever again. Like these artists make these things and it's so inspirational, but then when it's done, it's done. And then what happens? It goes into the landfill, like why? And so, um, so I started making what I call now these fly dresses that are made out of men's graphic tees. And I was like, okay, what, how can I make this cooler? And I'm, I'm very like relaxed. I like to be chill, I like to be comfortable, but I also look, like to look fresh and dope and different. And I love pockets and I always get mad that women's clothes don't have any pockets like that's ridiculous you know like why do we have to suffer like that <laughs> why don't we have pockets and not only that we get constricted by our clothing where we feel that tight clothing makes us feel sexier like why can't we look sexy like or just feel sexy without having to show any skin and so all these things came about when I was creating this and so I recreated I recreated the fly dress and I was like how can I even make this better I made it reversible so you can what? wear it yeah you can wear it's it it's reversible yeah you can wear it like front or back in that way and then you know you have your deep pockets and you can bring it up and you can bring it down and it's it was just such like I thought and then I made it zero waste so not even like thinking about like like, okay, how can I make it um, made out of upcycle clothing? How can I push that further and make it zero waste? So when I designed it, I made, you know, the pockets of the dresses are actually the sleeves of the shirts. Oh. And then I use the scraps to create, like, the bags that come out of the dresses. So every single part of the dress is, like, a zero waste model. So when I hit that, I was like, dude, like, this is amazing. Like, so it's things like that where it continues to motivate me that, like, it's okay or it's totally fine to push that button of like going out of the box because so often like even when I make these MFSs or when I make the fly dresses or any other product every like I will always get somebody to say hey Elle, if you just buy fabric and put a pattern over it it'll take you so much faster to mm. do like I get it all the time oh. all the time and it's like but that's not my vision. That's not the like point. sustainability is my number one, and fashion is my medium to get. To fashion is my medium, but sustainability. If, if it's not for sustainability or trying to make an impact to reduce textile waste in the industry, then I don't want to do this. So what would be the point? What would be the point? Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how the fly dress came, was like seeing all these really cool graphic tees, and I was like, I don't want to waste this. I don't want to throw this away. They're so cool. How can I make it? cooler 
and make it for women because I feel like women lack in that aspect. It's funny when I talk about how like women's clothes suck because all the men are like, are you kidding me? You guys have this variety of things and you're like, we only have like basics like shirts and pants and I'm like, I guess I don't see it that way. Oh, that's funny. But they're like, women's fashion is like amazing and I'm like, oh. So, so yeah, so that's kind of how it started. I don't know if that was your question, but that was kind of how it came into the upcycling and repurposing and kind of my vision in regards to how can I make this more than just a shawl? How can I make this more than just a dress? How can I push those boundaries and and make an impact into the industry? So, Okay, so, um, and just, I want to clarify a little bit, because the dresses are made out of the men's shirts, but the multifunctional shawl... Are made out of savage material, so it's either end-of-roll fabric... Okay. ...or, like, yeah, dead stock okay. kind of stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, okay, so, so you're making all this amazing product, and you, you like, we're really organically getting these orders from like, you would just show up and you'd be like wearing one and you got like 20 yeah. orders and like, how are we continuing to progress in, in that journey of like, okay, you're making all these great dresses now. How are you continuing to like get yourself out there and push this and yeah. build? And I thought, you know, I think like your story where how you met me and you're like, I love your dress. Can I get one? I'm like, oh, it's the only one. Like <laughs> I only have this much fabric, it's savage fabric. I can't remake it again. And that was a situation that I was hitting. And it's still a situation that I'm hitting is like, well, a lot of the things are one of a kind, you know? And, the, and I liked that it was one of a kind because it actually, one, you're the only one that has it. Two, it talks about really sustainability in regards of, if you know you're the only one that has it, then you are more prideful to have it and you'd want to wear it more. And so it's kind of this whole story behind, you know, one of a kind products and handmade and all that stuff. But as a business, it really does push you back in regards to how can you grow in that aspect. And so like right now I'm kind of, so in regards to scaling or kind of making more product is, is now it's like, okay, now it's reaching out to places that have like, um, that have leftover that they can't use. You know, there's so many, like right now, one of my journey, like journeys in this is like, there's so many factories out there or like screen printing companies that, like for instance, this dress that I have, this is something that- you're wearing just, right now. Yes, yeah. it's called the I Am Stronger dress. And what it does is it, you know, talks about um, human trafficking. And it's, it's from this company called Outland Denim. And they um, are an amazing company that, um, spreads awareness about human trafficking and gives jobs to victims of human trafficking. So they made these amazing shirts that are quoted from these victims, but not only that, spread facts. And there was a mess up in the screen printing. Ah. So they couldn't sell it and they couldn't use it. And so I went to an event and I was so inspired by what they were talking about. I met the owner named James and he was like, hey, you know, I have all these shirts that we can't use. Do you want to take them? Otherwise, they're just probably going to get thrown out. And I was like, yes of course I'm gonna take them. Like, I don't want you to throw them out. And so we made these dresses um, that, you know, just talk about like human trafficking and spread awareness about it. And the crazy thing, I really don't believe in coincidences anymore, is the crazy thing is when we were making these dresses, I was researching more about human trafficking and, and the issues that are going on with it. That day that I was researching it, was National Human Trafficking Day. Wow. And it was, and then that month was, Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, like, what? So, um, so yeah, so these 
these shirts in particular are not men's shirts. I think they're actually women's shirts. But the point is, is like it's fabric that got messed up somehow and is unsellable and was probably going to get thrown out. And to recreate it into something, not only upcycling, but a message is kind of what El Raleigh is all about. And so I'm excited to continue this and work with other organizations and work with other big, you know, right now we're on a movement, I feel like, of transparency in the industry. But not only that, so many different topics that we're, we were so scared to talk about before. And so why not all work together and, and make that difference together? So, yeah, I don't know how, what your original question was, but... I don't even remember either, but... Oh, okay, I think I know. So, so like, for example, this dress, you got a batch of yes, shirts. shirts. So then you were able to say, I can make 10 dresses. Yes, exactly. And so they're still, like, all amazing and unique in their own little way, but it makes it a little bit easier to then... Okay, I have a yes. batch of ten, or or you're not just super one off. Yes, um, which like is what I think the original point you were saying is like that as a business feels a little bit hard to scale, maybe, yes. mm-hmm. or even you know get out there and like sell. So is that kind of the direction? Yes, so, now so that is partner with these other organizations, take their leftovers um, or their scraps, or I don't know if I'm using the right words, but yeah. Um, no, that's that, exactly yeah. So okay. for this dress, we over only I think we only have ten of them. Okay. And I like that idea. Yeah. You know, because it really is like, it's, I think when people choose fashion now or like, you know, with fast fashion and everything, it's like, it's such like a no brainer. People are like, oh, it's $5, sure. Let's just get that, you know, and then they don't ever wear it. And so I like the fact that like, it really is a purchase that not only do you believe in, but it's, there's so many other variables that come into it. And if there's 10, then it really is unique in itself. So that's kind of what I'm doing is yes, now I'm making dresses in smaller quantities um, instead of, you know, that one off because it is hard because I do, yeah. I wear everything that I make. And so it's hard when people are like, I love your dress. And I'm like, thanks. And I'm like, where can I, I get it? I'm like, that's all. <laughs> that's all I have. You know, so one, I should stop doing that. <laughs> um, but I, I love every, and, and as, you know, a maker, um, there's something really amazing about having a vision and creating it and having it come to life. And I think that's one of the best experiences to ever have is to do that in any, in any field is to have this vision and watch it come to life. Yeah. So it gets me really, and then people to recognize it and be like, hey dude, that's really cool, where'd you get it? And that's what happens, also that validation when I do walk around with my clothes, I get stopped a lot. Is that mostly how you sell your product? Yes, that's, that, that like was your question. Like off your own body, exactly. I am, I am the best marketer. So every time I make something and I'm like, okay, this needs to sell, I just walk down the street and somebody always stops me. Ah, oh, I love this so much because I've actually had a couple other people on the podcast talk about that. And it's funny because some people wear their stuff just naturally because they like to wear it. And then other designers like weren't wearing their product and someone would say to them, why don't you just start wearing your own product? Like they would actually have to give the designer that advice and they would start wearing it and they would start getting orders just from like, oh my God, I love your, your dress, your shirt, whatever. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, for you, it was just like it sounded, came supernaturally. Obviously you love your product. It's fantastic. But then like you are your own best billboard. You are. Yeah. And not only that, it's like, why are you going to make things if you don't even want to wear it? Yeah, like that's kind of how I like that's how yeah, I felt. Yeah. It's like I was solving my problem. Yeah, you know, like my problem was I wanted clothes that were comfortable, eco-friendly, multifunctional, like still looked hip and unique, and I did it. 
and I solved my problem. So of course I love it. Of course I'm going to want to wear it. Like this is all I wear. Like the other day I was wearing like jeans and a t-shirt and all my friends were like, whoa, like who are you? Like I haven't seen you in El Rally ever. Like you're always, and I'm like, yeah, I know. I kind of feel weird. Like I actually want my dress now because now I have to suck in my stomach because I'm eating all this food, but I'm wearing these jeans. And if I was wearing a fly dress, I wouldn't have to worry about that. You know, so things like that I think about. But yeah, I think as designers, like I love it when you rock your stuff because that just shows that it makes sense yeah. to you yeah you know like and I, and I know too and I, you know when I mess up on things like and I don't wear it I always question myself why don't I want to wear this mm. and if I'm not wearing it then I'm not promoting it and maybe so then it doesn't sell there's a reason you're not wearing it if you're not really proud of it so there's something wrong you got to tweak it yeah, and figure out and that's why what I have to figure it's not out. working exactly oh. exactly but then that's why, like, and then now, like, when I'm doing, you know, my shows, like, I'm getting men, like, in my booth all the time. Like, it's kind of crazy. And they're like, can I wear this dress? And I'm like, yeah, sure, of course you can, you know? It's, 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 it's insane. But I love it because I'm like, why? Like, what do they want? Like, it, they love it. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, now it's like challenging me, like, do I need to create a men's line? And I'm like, I don't even know how to do men's clothes. Like, the reason why El Raleigh works so well for me is because I just put it on myself and then I can like see if it works. But with a man, it's like different. So, um, you'll figure that out. Yeah. Again, another journey into like whatever. And I have men that are like, I'll be your model. And I'm like, just wear my dresses. Like I have to make, <laughs> you know, like that's what I'm doing now. One at a time, one yeah. at a time. But, um, but we yeah. Talk about these shows. You said I'm doing these shows. We haven't even mentioned that. Yeah, okay, Talk about so, this. so I started doing, you know, like Renegade, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with yeah. Renegade, um, LA, and um, Unique, I started doing Unique, and then right, oh, and then I have a show coming up in April called Jackalope in Pasadena, and that'll be um, my first show of the year, so I'm very excited about, and it's a great community, and it's so crazy that I'm finally here, because I would go to these craft shows, and I would be like, oh my god, all these people are boss people. Like, they're making their own products, they're doing these shows. Like, how inspirational is this? And I remember thinking, like, how the hell are they doing it? Like, are they making it in their home? Like, do they have, like, this secret, you know, factory that's doing it? Like, I was always curious to see how they even do it. And so um, I remember, you know, in this process, I was like, I never felt like I was ever ready to do it. Wait, I have to pause you for one second because um, a lot of people are listening outside the U.S. so they don't know what Renegade may be or anything. So yeah. just clarify exactly what this show is. You mentioned a kind of craft show. Yeah, it's like a curated pop-up where a bunch of, you know, um, homemakers or crafters come in and they they show their product and it's a, it's a great community of handmade individuals that are being bosses. Like, yeah. you know, to be able to start your own business is such is amazing yeah. and we're so blessed to have that opportunity to yeah. do so yeah but it's also scary as, as crap sure okay so you said you're like going to the shows you see all these amazing makers and you're like god you guys are killing it yeah and then you're how, like, how are they doing this? how are they doing this okay yes and so you know i met actually i met this company called rewilder um and they make these amazing bags out of um uh beer filtering cloth oh cool yeah yeah so these are all beer filtering cloths. This is the purse you have right here yeah. on the table. Mm -hmm. And I met them and they were telling me that like they're, these huge um, beer manufacturing companies are only able to use these filtering cloths for three weeks and then it hands out to the landfill. Oh. So when they saw it, they're like, oh my God, this is amazing material. What can we do with it? And they were telling me their story and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. Like, how do I get onto this? Exactly what I believe in. 
you know, like how can I help? And so I started um, interning with them for like a little bit. And then they inspired me to like continue on with what I was doing and I was showing them at El Raleigh. So that's kind of how I met them through these shows. And that's how you meet a lot of, you know, upcoming designers and upcoming products because these are people who are, you know, just trying things and I think it's so inspiring. So. So I would tell them like, okay guys, I think I'm ready. I think I'm gonna do writing in. They're like, do it out, like do it out. And I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm not ready yet. To like rent a booth and like yes, set up your shop yes. and like really do it. Yes. And so finally, I did it. Um, and my first show was, I think it's September, I think. So like. So just recently, six I started months doing, ago. Yeah, seven months super ago. Super new. Oh. So I was doing before this. I was just selling like like whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do Renegade. Like I'm gonna try it. And then I signed up for I think five shows, and I got into all of them, like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And I literally had a show back to back to back to back. And I was going from San Francisco to LA, and it and um, it was great. I loved it. It was. It really made me not only have the confidence to just put myself out there and get over that freaking fear, but it also got me the chance to, you know, understand my target market. And honestly, I still don't know who my target market is. <laughs> and it's the hardest thing because, you know, for you know, for so long I thought it was me. Like I thought, you know, my age, you know, my style, whatever. But I was getting this whole other spectrum of people coming into my room and men. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, what's going on? But I guess this is all again part of the process and understanding your product and understanding what your audience wants and, and just figuring it out. So yeah, I started doing these craft shows and I met so many great people. And I think, you know, overall, it's just the amount of support, I think, that I was getting from people who were like, what you're doing is amazing. And I and I'm watching your journey, and I know this is going to be big. And it's just that you know that's like okay, I'm I'm going in the right steps, and it's just getting that feeling. And and fashion is hard. It's like the hard one of the most competitive industries. And a lot of the times, I'm like, what am I doing in this? You know, because I'm all about sustainability, and you know, the fashion industry is the number two polluting industry in the world. But it doesn't have to be that way. So how can we push? How can we push it? So yeah, so I started doing Renegade and being part of that community of boss babes and boss men that are making their own things. And I, I fell in love with it. And I'm, to be part of that community was, was a huge step in my career of being like, hey, I wanted to be this and I am. Where am I gonna be in the next few months? And how am I gonna continue to climb? So, so what are you thinking so about yeah. that? I'm excited. Um, Right now, I'm like, I guess we could talk about like where I am stuck on is how yeah. can I scale? It's hard to go from creative to business, I think. And that's why I think people always say that um, you need a business partner. Like, business is so important. You know, business is the main point, right? If you're not making any money, how are you going to be sustainable? How are you going to make a difference? You know? Um, and so, right, and then so, you know, like I said, I don't believe in coincidences, but this woman came to my booth you know, when I was in my last show in Renegade, LA. And, you know, she loved my stuff and she was like, oh, you know, I used to do drapery and I used to have my own businesses and I love sewing. And I was like, you know, for so long, you know, my family's like, Rachel, you need help. 
Sorry, my name is Elle, but my name is Rachel. So <laughs> I know it's getting confusing. Because um, you've been making everything yourself. Yes. Your own two hands. Yes, okay. doing everything on my own. And they're like, you need help, you need help. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm there yet. Like, But in reality, what I really wanted was a mentor. Somebody to help guide me. Someone to, do, to help me with everything, every aspect of business. And also help me in sewing. And so this woman comes along and she was like telling me all these things and I was like oh you know what you know like maybe you can help me sew and she was like oh my god yes I would love to and then suddenly she starts writing me all these emails and I'm like what's going on like but then I met with her and we just had this instant connection and for the past three months we've been working together and she has changed my life completely in regards to you know business and being a mentor and being a friend and helping me grow and marketing and just teaching me all these things and sh and she is a blessing like she's an amazing blessing and this happened in like three months this and happened she just came from she just, renegade at the yeah. show. and i was asking for her like i literally like there was a reason why i wasn't just hiring anybody like she came to me because it was the right moment. It was a time where, you know, I was finished with my shows. I was ready to go to the next step. I didn't know how to go to the next step. And she was right there, who believes in my dreams, who believes in what I'm doing, is all about sustainability, who knows how to sew, who knows how to run a business, you know? And so it's like, I know I'm going in the right path because it's coming to me, uh, like us, like it's coming to me, like, authentically like I'm not I'm, I'm asking for it and I'm searching for it but it's also coming so naturally and so um, so yeah she's been a huge blessing in El Raleigh and I'm so excited to see where we're going next and so that's where we're going now is like okay how can we scale this but also making the right decisions with the company so that's the hardest part I think right now is moving from okay now we know we got something we got an audience, we got people who want it, now how can we give it to them in a way that works for us as well, without going too much. And like last week I met with like four manufacturers and even though it was exciting to meet and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, you wanna make 500? Awesome. Like, am I there yet? Probably not. Like I can still sew by myself and still make it viable, you know? I'm still learning my niche market, I'm still learning all these things um, and I just have to understand that like this is a journey and um, just to be happy with it and I don't even though a lot of the times I'm like I'm too slow you know like maybe someone's gonna do this already and it's gonna be last season but El Raleigh is more than fashion you know and if somebody takes you know if some like I think in the industry people get worried that people are gonna take your designs or take whatever like that's the biggest scariest thing but in order to make a, like, and this is where I'm teaching myself, in order to make a difference in the fashion industry is people have to go this route and be inspired to want to make a difference. And if El Raleigh is their inspiration towards it, I just, I just fulfilled my dreams, you know? So, so yeah. Um, oh my God, I mean, your energy is so, it's very contagious and I can see like how this whole journey, I mean, you say it's happened you know, things have come to you, but like you've worked really hard, you've put yourself out there, your, your perseverance, your drive, your ambition is like contagious. And I think that's why all of this has happened. Um, Thanks. Don't discount Thank you. like what you've done. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about like where you are right now. Cause you just mentioned you went to four manufacturers yes. last week. And then before we hit record, you were talking about, you know, some of the challenges that you're facing yeah. with working with upcycled materials yes. and manufacturing. So can you elaborate on what, what's happening with all that right now? 
Well, when you reach out to manufacturers, they're definitely, and this is what you know I'm learning too, is like there's a minimum, there's and there's a huge up cost to you know even getting the sample made, and I'm doing it all on my own, so I'm I have my own samples, like, but I'm also like a lot more like. If something doesn't work out, then I can fix it myself, and it's not really a big deal because everything is kind of unique in itself. But when you take it to a manufacturing company, you literally—and this is what you are kind of doing too—tech packs. Like I don't know anything about tech packs. <laughs> you know, like, do I need a tech pack? Do I need a pattern maker? The answer is yes. If you're going to a manufacturer, <laughs> I don't know how to do any of those things. Like I make things on my own. Like I have my own patterns. Like I never knew how to. I don't know how to do any of those things. So there's these challenges of like. There's a lot of money that comes to starting all these things, of course, right? That you need those finances to be able to support your company, and I'm willing to invest, but I also want to be so smart about it and mm. prioritize. I feel like, okay, is this where I am in El Rally right now to drop this money on a product that, like, yes, I believe is going to be great, but what if it's not? Then I'm back into that wasteful. Situation of textile waste, which I don't want to be in. Where you just made 500 dresses and yeah. you can't sell them, and you're like, "What do I do with What do this? I do with it? Yeah, then I'm gonna have to break it apart and recreate them again. You know, <laughs> like that's re okay. Upcycling, of course. I mean, I don't know, is is labor intensive. That's why people don't do it. You know, mm. and that's why when you think about reduce, reuse, recycle, the number one thing on it is to reduce, right? Because there's so much energy that comes into making something. So if we reduce it, we're eventually just keeping what we need and what's necessary. Reduce, reuse. And so I'm upcycling is the reuse aspect of it. Um, and what it's so important is that, you know, I'm when I think about upcycling and reusing, I think about respecting the process. You know, from going from the farmers who grow to, you know, the you know, the people who make the textiles from the washing, from all this stuff. So when I think about upcycling, I think about the story that comes into that process of from seed to manufacturing to shipping to sewers to everything. I think about all of it. And so I think about respecting the process when it comes to upcycling. And then with recycling, it's another energy resource that you have to do in order to break it down to raw materials and recreate. So, um, so anyways, going back into, um, upcycling and and my process with the manufacturers is like again I get it it's easier for me to buy new fabric and cut the dresses out of it it's time efficient um, and it's straight up everyone's used to that so to bring it up to a manufacturer and be like hey I'm gonna give you all these scraps <laughs> and you're gonna have to patchwork it and then from this patchwork cut the material out of it they're just like are you kidding me like this is labor intensive and so that's where I get stuck is because how can I create it in an efficient way that is beneficial for them as well and I got to think about them too of course I have to do is because they're gonna be the one making it I know how it feels to make one dress it takes me forever but it's my passion and it's my life but to do it 10 times to do it 20 times there has to be a system Right, and so it's figuring out that system that's going to work well for both myself and my sanity and their sanity, and how can we do it in a way that is also reasonably cost for the consumer, right? Because like, 
even now it's like you can price whatever you want on something but if it isn't going to sell it doesn't really matter yeah. you know and that's where it comes down to it and so um so even though yet last week we spoke to manufacturers and we got some great you know people are and what i learned from it too is that like people are willing to help so i'm not in a rush to get it manufactured because I mean, it's not going to be hard to find a manufacturer but what is going to be tough is if i manufacture it wrong then i'm screwed and so I really need to push myself back and realize, okay, what's viable now? I have a show coming up, you know, I can make all those dresses for those shows. And then from there, use my, you know, my target market and do a survey and be like, okay, what dress sold the most? Mm, you know, yeah, what colors work the most? Yeah. You know, and then from there, you know, maybe do a pop-up. That's kind of our next step. We're planning on doing a pop-up, which I think is very exciting. Yeah, that is. Because to be able to like, and I love shows and I love, I love, seeing your vision come to life. So to be able to create a pop-up about your brand and your vision and to see everything that you've worked come together, I think is, again, one of the most amazing, you know, feelings in the world. Um, so yeah, so then do a pop-up, you know, and then again, do the same thing. What dress works? What do people want? How does this go? And then do a timeline and prepare for manufacturing. So that's where I'm at right now. As, as much as it was really exciting for me to meet these manufacturers and then be like, okay, yes, yes, we can do this, we can do this. I had to step back and be like, okay, where's my priority? Do I even have the funds to sustain myself in regards to creating all these dresses? Do I even have the materials to provide for them to make 500 dresses? You know, it's like all these things. And then again, is that really what my, my vision is? As exciting it is to be this big company I have to always come back to my foundation of what is my goal here, what's my purpose. And to, I get scared, and that's what scaling scared me for a while was, am I just going to be like any other big brand company that just makes clothes to makes clothes? Like I don't want to be that. So again, reassessing my foundation and my goals and my views and remembering that like it's okay to scale, but to not lose yourself while doing it. So. Again, finding the right, and I hear this a lot with any, with any big business, is finding your team is the most important thing. And for so long, and even now, I feel like I can still do it on my own. You know how crazy that is? Like, I mean, you do it, but it's insane. Like, you know, to run a business and do social media and do all your, you know, you're doing your blogging now, you're doing your podcast, you're editing it all. Like, I'm doing that too. And I'm making all my clothes. And I'm like, and I'm doing life, trying to help my family out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is insane. So I'm realizing through the hardships of like, I can't do this on my own. And it's so important to find the right team and to not just go for the next new person that wants to help you out because they want to help you out, but don't give two cents about what you really believe in. So again, that's my hardships right now is figuring all that stuff out and realizing that like, it's okay to not just jump on it too fast, that it'll still be there tomorrow and that people, if you just believe in yourself and believe a lot in your journey, like it'll happen at those moments. So a lot of it is just trusting. Yeah, but like you're still, I mean, I love your mindset on this because you're still moving forward each day. You're still making progress. You're going to do your next show. You're going to do a pop-up. And it's like each step is a stepping stone to learn how to do the next one a little better. Yes. And so you're, you're like, you know what? I met with these manufacturers. 
I have some that are ready to work with me. I could dive in and get 500 dresses tomorrow. Yeah. But wait, let me step back. Am I really ready for that? And you're like, no, I think I need to further figure out is this the exact right dress to go into production yes. with? And so you're like, let me let me take this step back and go a little slower and and do that for their customer research and see so you can make sure, you know what, when I do make these, they're gonna sell yes. um, and not just be a waste again. Um, which I, I think, and I, I really admire about you because I think it takes a tremendous amount of discipline. Like we, as creatives, we get so excited we about get getting so to the finish line and like yes. giving our idea and putting it out to everybody. Yes. And so it takes a lot of self-control and discipline to say, you know what, I'm not quite ready to dive into that. Like, let me make sure and go a little bit slower and do this really deliberately. I'm trying. I, I think you've you done know, great. Thank I mean. you. I'm trying. Like, it's, I, you know, I've said it so many times, which I try to get it out of my vocabulary, but I, I hate the journey, you know? Aww. Because you're so unsure. You know, it's, it, it, everyone's like, it's all about the journey. It's all about the journey. And I'm like, oh, but I just want to get there already, you know? Um, but I always realize that once I'm there, then I'm moving to the next step, you yeah. know? So I should really enjoy this journey and that's just again being aware of what's going on and like like you said like I've grown so much like through these steps but to me I feel like I'm like a sloth here like I'm not growing fast enough and so there's really those moments where you just need to stop and really think and you know flip that pancake that's what Deborah the woman that I'm working with says flip that pancake <laughs> and really think about how much we've grown in just the three months that we've been working together, you know? Um, and I wouldn't have been able to do that without her, you know? And, and, and you know, seeing you, this was all like great to be able to be here. And I'm so honored to be part of this podcast, you know? Because you were the first person that I actually, when I first started this, I was researching like all these things and I found you. And I, and I got so inspired about like, you know, your teachings on YouTube and about like flat pattern design. and. And I believed in you and I just took it in to be like, I'm going to sign up for this class. And I learned so much from that class. And then I went to New York and you sent this email about having a meetup. You were and like, then, they're on vacation. Yeah, it just happened to and coincide. it just happened. And then, and then we've, you know, and then I've just watched you grow in your journey through So Heidi. And to see you doing all these things, you know, it's, it's that inspiration that continues to inspire, I think, a lot of us that, you know what, like, we are going to hit these crazy bumps. We are going to go through these things, but if, pers if we persist, it'll happen, you know, and we really can't control our path. Whatever, you know, something can happen tomorrow, but as long as you're happy, I think that's what's the most important. And that's what I'm trying to remind myself that, like, through this crazy chaotic mess in the industry like do what's right and I really do believe that El Raleigh is right and I have to remind myself that it's not about fashion it's about sustainability and the bigger picture of where I want to take El Raleigh within the next few years so yeah um, I love that Deborah's reminding you of like look at where we have come over these last three months because I think it's it's easy to lose sight of what you have done and instead only see what you haven't done or where you haven't gotten or like, oh, we haven't gone into production yet. But when you step back and you really look at like, wait, no. And even sitting here telling your journey, what you've done in the last two years, I mean, I hope that you're almost realizing like, wait, I have done so much. Yeah. It's important to continue to remind yourself of that. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like self-sabotaging, right? What we yeah. do in our brains. Yeah. I, and I'm trying to constantly 
like I said, I, I go through and f back and forth of like, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Should I just get a nine to five? Like, what's going on? Is mm. this gonna work? But it's not, like this is me, this is what I'm doing. And so it's that reminder, you have to be your best friend. And I think I'm, I'm such a talker, like I like to talk my feelings out because it helps me understand who my real soul is. And so like just talking to you about my journey and talking about Deborah, it's like, it's great because it is positive. But when I'm by myself and I'm in my studio, I'm like, holy crap, I'm supposed to make 10 dresses today? and I haven't made one? Are you <laughs> kidding me? What am I doing in my life? And then I feel defeated, you know? And then I'm paralyzed and I feel like a failure. When like, you can't do that to yourself. It's yeah. self-sabotaging, like why? And so it's great to have friends. It's great to have a supportive group that is there to tell you like, you know, I always wonder that my friends are judging me and they're like, what are you doing in your life, you know? And, but it's me, it's me self-sabotaging myself, you know, to them. I'm on this amazing journey. And when they talk about me, they're like, oh my God, Elle, you're doing so many things. And I look at them and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I can do this. I can do this. You know? <laughs> so it's good to have those positive people in your life. And I, and I only hope that I'm that positive person for them as well when they go through these self-sabotaging things in their life. But we don't need this. We don't need this stress. You know, we don't need to feel that we're in competition with anybody else. Like what's most important is what we're doing and if it's if it's right to us. And you know, I think you're doing amazing with what you're doing. Thank you. And it's so inspiring to kind of see you grow in so many different levels of like it's scary. You know, it's scary to be uncomfortable. But it's how we grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, a lot of the, the people that you've met and the support network you have yeah. has come from you putting yourself out there and doing so many scary things. Like you said, you were really scared to do the Renegade shows, but you just went for it and you got into like five and, yes. and you did them. And I, 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 I want to like really emphasize that point because, um, you know, I'm part of some mastermind groups and some support networks and like I couldn't do it alone. Like I've got people around me who like pick me up when I fall down flat on my face or I just want to crawl up in a ball and be like, what am I doing? Oh, it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Um, yeah. But, and like people ask, and maybe they ask you too, all, me all the time, they're like, well, where do I find a mastermind group? How do I find a mentor? And I'm like, man, you know what? Like there's no answer. You don't like go out and hire somebody. You do the stuff that scares you. You start one little piece at a time. You start making these dresses. You wear them, you go out, you put yourself out there. And, and those things, they happen come. and they come, but like you can't do it from just sitting at home thinking about it or sitting online and thinking about, oh, where do I find a mastermind group? You don't Google that. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you've been able to build that and that support network, which is really a group of friends, not even a network. It's, yeah. it's your group of friends um, through going through some of those scary things, putting yourself out there one stepping stone at a time. Yeah, and it really is putting yourself out there. I mean you just saying that is like, that's it. It like, is. Which is the scariest thing to do. <laughs> I mean, me just signing up for a show, like everyone's like, you should do a show. And I'm like, I'm not ready. Like even this, like when you texted me this morning, I was like, I don't think I'm ready. And yeah, Deborah was like, are you talking about? <laughs> she's like, you know who you are. You know your brand. I'm like, but I'm not ready. And she's like, are you crazy? You know, yeah. and that's exactly what happened this morning. I was like, you know, Heidi just reached out to me. I like literally prayed for like, you know, something and then she comes and then she's like you manifested <laughs> this like why are you doubting yourself like you know everything that you need to know you're ready yeah so I think that's the hardest thing and you have to literally I think it's great that we talk because 
the more I talk to you about my situation, the more it's also becoming my best. I'm becoming my best friend oh, I love through that. it, you know, where um, it is talking it out and knowing that, like, no, you have that confidence. And who cares if you fail? Like, who cares? You know, stand up. Like, whatever. Life goes on. But it's putting yourself out there and starting those shows and doing those shows and signing up for all five of them and getting into all five of them has led me to meeting so many other people with the same drive and the same goals and who want to support me and who are writing about me. And I'm like, wow, do I deserve this? You know, it's like those things where like, do I even deserve this? And it comes to the point where it's like, yeah, dude, like take it and run with it. Like, why do you have to be so like hard on yourself? And so we just have, and it's through these things and through talking to people and having that support group where you like, it's hard to remove that ego in your head. That's like, you're not good enough. And to really be like, you know what, dude, who cares? Like, just do it. And, and it's going to be fun. So to enjoy that journey. And I have to continuously remind myself that I love this journey. Um, because I can't wait to see where I am in a year from now, or even in a few months from now, yeah. or even next month at the show. Like I'm excited to like show everybody, you know, and it's a continuous process, but we have to go through these hardships in order for us to understand what's really important in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, I mean, I like get the chills just talking to you. It's like just amazing. You are, um, you're a phenomenal person. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And I'm so, I mean, I feel really lucky. Like you said, we, we had the, sh- the party here last night and then you left your beanie here and you sent me an Instagram message with your (laughs) phone number and you're like, hey, if you find my beanie, here's my phone number, can you text me? And I texted you, I was like, I didn't find your beanie, but do you want to do a podcast interview? I was like, we were just chatting last night, I really enjoyed our conversations, we had like five or ten minutes to catch up and then, and so it was like, oh, this just fell right into place and I, it's so funny because to me you're like, way beyond ready to sit down and do this interview, but your first thought was like, well, I can't do this. I'm not ready for this. I'm, ah, ah. Yeah. You like self, self-doubt exactly. yourself, Ex- self-sabotage. Exactly. Um, but you just say, you know what? I can't let that control me. I'm going to go and do it. And it, and we're we here. have to do that. And we're here. Um, so it's really magical being here with you. Um, I want to talk about one other thing that we chatted about before we hit record. And this is something that I've had conversations with other people about um, in regards to the upcycling space. Yes. Like the logistics of how do you know if the fabric is clean or how do you know what the content is and how do you put a care label in that and like dealing with all the legalities of creating and selling a product when you maybe don't know what actually went into it. Can you share some of that? Yes, I think because that's exactly what I'm going through right now in regards to what are the legalities in regards to upcycling fabric and not knowing content and there's so many situations that go into it because it is the law to know where your fabric's made um, um, and where it's sourced and of course care and handling. So what I'm learning now or what I've just when you kind of said it was I think the most important thing to do is to be a hundred percent honest about what's going on in whatever your company is. And I think that's a really big movement right now in fashion, which I think is great. Ask questions, who made your clothes? Fashion Revolution is something that I'm always constantly following and, and I love how they're opening that awareness of where are my clothes made? Who's like, what? what's going on, you know? And so to me, in regards to upcycling, I think it's really important for me to spread out like, okay, it's upcycled, it's 100% um, 
fabric that I am not sure, or if I got it from somewhere, this is where I got it from. Like right now, the t-shirts, and I love the story about it, is like right now, the t-shirts that I'm making, I have an everyday dress that is actually a new thing that I'm releasing out in um, the Jackalope Fair in April in Pasadena. You can wear it in five different ways. It's like the coolest thing, and you can flip it inside out, it's reversible, it's so comfortable, like I, it's an amazing dress, I love it. And those, the story of those shirts is there was this woman who was starting a clothing company. She was doing t-shirts. And she had this big dream of doing it, but you know, life happened and she decided, I don't wanna do this anymore. So she had this huge garage full of these amazing t-shirts that like maybe had a hole here and there or some slight like, you know, sewing mistakes. And so I got it from her and these are what the fly dresses are. I mean, these are what the everyday dresses are made of. And so it's talking about, I think that's a really cool story. This is, this is where these shirts come from. She couldn't sell them, so I took it from her. Otherwise she was gonna throw it away. But in regards to the content, it's like, again, saying that this is upcycled. And I think it's just really important to let people know like what the story is behind it. Because if they're not gonna buy it because it's upcycled, then they're not gonna buy it. Doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter what yeah. it, where it's coming, you know? But if they know the story and they know that this is kind of the idea that goes around it, it doesn't matter, again, where, where it's coming from. It's the, it's the story behind it. And so I think, well, this is what this is how I'm playing it in my brain. Like I don't really know <laughs> if like that's the right way to do it, but I think I think I'm very clear about that it's upcycled, and that some of it could be like for instance the multifunctional shawls are end of roll or um, like a scrap from whatever. But I will tell them, and you know the shirts are either you know like maybe damaged in some way and unresellable, or maybe somebody else owned it and they didn't want it anymore. I think just being very clear. And clothes are clothes. Like I also think like. You know, I think about thrift store shopping and like people buy clothes from there all the time, you know, and it's the story that comes behind it. And it's just, I think, respecting the process of clothing making. Like, and I didn't realize it until I started making clothes where I was like, dude, this is not easy stuff. Like, this is a lot of work. And especially breaking it up and redoing <laughs> it is like, are you crazy? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I'm talking about in regards to how I'm kind of troubleshooting upcycling like there's but there's also like I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of Zero Waste Daniel he's from yeah. New York and mm -hmm. he's doing amazing things I have no idea how this man is doing all these things I look and I watch his videos and I'm like there must be like a secret robot like patchworking scraps together because he works with teeny teeny tiny yes. scraps like your scraps are like bigger yeah six by eight inches yeah. roughly and larger yes and you patch that into the fabric and then you cut that into the dress yes but he his are like one by one inch sometimes, tiny. And he's creating mosaics. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I And how here. is he selling it for that price? Like, I am, I I am like I dumbfounded with I'll how this guy. I'll show. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. So I, and, it's, and his journey is crazy too because I've watched him before he even got into like Trashes for Tossers and the, the, the package, the um, zero waste packaging company now. Um, and he's been a designer for so long and he's won so many awards and I feel like only now is he getting really recognized for Zero Waste Daniel and so I look at his journey and I'm like oh I'm a baby mm. like I've just got my toes in this like it takes what do they say 10,000 hours for you to be yeah. an expert in anything you know how long that is it's a long time that's five years is it I've never done the math <laughs> that's five years that's a long time and so to think like I am just touching the surface is scary for me because I already think I'm a sloth and I'm slow and I'm already out of the game. 
But I have to understand that these companies that have started, like, they've been in the game for years. The iceberg effect. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? No. Can you tell me that? Yeah. So there's, like, graphics online. If you care to look it up, just look up iceberg effect. But, like, all you see is the iceberg on top of the water, which is, like, maybe this big, like, two inches big. What you don't see is the iceberg below the water, which is, like, 20 inches. So it's like that's all the hard work and the growth and the failures and all the shit that you trudge through. But then the public, the people from the outside, all they see is what's on the top. They don't see all the stuff that came before. It's like what you said with Zero Waste Daniel is you see what he's done in the last year. It's been about the last year yeah. he kind of started to blow up. Yeah. Um, but nobody sees the eight, nine, ten years before that. Yeah. And so... I know, like, just looking at his journey, I was like, man, this guy has been in the game for a while now. And so it's, again, recognizing that, like, and this is great that we're having this conversation because yeah. in a few years from now, when we talk again, it's like, yeah. okay, well, Elle was here at this moment, you know? Yeah. And and it's those journeys, is these middle sections that people don't realize that the struggles that come into it. They only see the end. And, they, and then everyone that wants to be at that end is pressuring themselves to be at that end super quick. It doesn't happen and it doesn't super happen quick. that way. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I always remind people, I'm like, it was like almost 10 years ago that I made and uploaded my first YouTube video. Yeah. And it's it's rough. It's still up there, but it's rough. And it's like, it takes anything. And I've realized, I talk about this with my dad all the time. He was an entrepreneur. Um, we gab business constantly. Anything in life, though. It's a slow build. Nothing really good happens overnight. And yeah. it takes hard work and perseverance. And um, you've already come so far in the last two years, in the last three months since you were yeah. with Deborah. And like like you said, what, where will you be next month? Yeah. Even next week? Yes, where am I going to be then? Yeah. And then, you know, like just talking to you, it's exciting. Um, but I swear this morning I was like, oh, no. <laughs> where am I going to be in the next month? You know, it's things like that. But again, it's it's. I think it's important to to reset, today I reset it, this morning I reset it in my life, is to reset and find yourself again and be like, you know what, everything is gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, the industry is insane, but it's so exciting and it's so impactful. I think that's why I'm so in love with it. And it's so creative and it's so inspiring and there's so many great things about the fashion industry. But I also feel like we can make it better. So why, why shouldn't we? And I think that's the important take in it. I love you. You're amazing. Um, anyone listening in LA, reach out to this lady because she is phenomenal. You. Oh, I was yeah. like, which lady? No. I should know who which she lady? is. Which lady? You. <laughs> you. Reach out to Elle. That's no. so funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, because yeah. You, you're just, everything you're doing, it's, I mean, I, I do. You're contagious. I feel you right here. In an amazing Thanks. way. Contagious. Oh. That was going to sound weird. Um, <laughs> No, your energy yeah. is just Thank it's you. like glowing and and yeah. Thank I love you. it. I love Thank everything you. you've done. I'm really proud of you. It's so Thanks. exciting to catch up two years later. I know you saw me when the first MFS was there. You know you yeah. you supported me where I was like I don't know what I'm doing, and then yeah. like you know you loved you loved my outfit that one day, and it's just things like that that just continues to remind me of like we were meant to hit each other again two yeah. years later and now to have this where you're starting your podcast and you just freaking 
wrote a book. <laughs> like, wow. You know, like, it's those things. And, like, persistence is the key and to continue believing yourself. So I admire you, you. And you inspire me. And I'm so glad that I am here with you to be part of this amazing podcast that you're doing. And it's L.A. What a great place to be in. Yeah. You know? um, I love it. Two last questions to close out. Yeah. One, where can people find all this amazing work you're doing? Okay, well, um, my brand is called El Rali. It's E-L-L-E-R-A-L-I. Um, you can see me online at www.elrali.com or Instagram at El Rali. Um, Instagram is, is probably the best way to reach me. Um, and that's where you can find me. Also, Jackalope, if you're in the LA area, um, Jackalope is in April. And we're setting up this great booth of new upcycled dresses and shawls and so much more. And it's going to be a blast. So see me in Pasadena. Um, reach out to me. I love to talk about this stuff. And I love people. So networking is my favorite thing. Yeah. So. Seriously, you guys go check it out. Um, it's an amazing product. And you of Thank course, are also you. amazing. So just to go and have a chat with you. Um, and then the last question that I end every episode with uh, mm -hmm. is, what do people not ask you about working in the fashion industry that you wish they would? Oh my gosh, I have this head. It's not the question. It's the first thing that came in my head. I guess the answer would be, um, are you happy in it? Mm. That was the first thing that okay. popped out of my head. I love it. And I think that's important because I think in every, any step in anyone's career or wherever they're at, that's really the core of your life is whatever you're doing, are you happy in it? And if you say no, you need you to change fix it. That. Yeah, immediately. And so am I happy in it? Yes. It shows. I can hear it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Elle. This has been phenomenal. Yeah, thank you so much. I feel really lucky to have a conversation with you. Yay! Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Again, Elle will be showing in Jackalope uh, a fair in Pasadena, uh, right outside of L.A., in the end of April, April 28th and April 29th. This is 2018, so depending on when you're listening. Um, so definitely go check her out. Say hello. She's such a great woman and a nice person. I'm sure she would love to meet you. So go check her out and see what she's doing. Also, make sure to scroll down to see the show notes and watch the video of her multifunctional shawl and see how it works. Last, I'll remind you one last time. If you didn't yet, I would be super appreciative if you would share this episode or the podcast in a Facebook group that you're part of. Um, you know, this is, there's not a lot of people talking about and sharing all those types of content in the fashion industry. You guys tell me that all the time. And so the best way we can help get this content out to more people who are trying to break into the industry, trying to grow their career, you know, whatever their goals are within the fashion industry, the more people that can have the opportunity to listen to the show and get this content and learn these insights and hear these stories, the better. So help the show, help me, and help your fellow aspiring 
ambitious, driven fashionistas out there and take 30 seconds to share this episode or the podcast in general in a Facebook group that you're part of. I really, really appreciate the support and I know everyone else out there appreciates hearing about new resources they should be checking out as well. So thank you so much. Again, if you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at sfdnetwork.com slash 48. Thanks so much, you guys. I'll talk to you soon.